0: Okay, so let me begin with a classic Hasidic story, and as an opener, but before the opener, I just want to give an introduction, pre-opener as to the topic that is so important to discuss and it's really relatable, really relatable, is the opening of the Parsha. The opening of the Parsha is almost a reprimand, certainly harsh words that God tells Moshe in response to a question that we all ask. And the question that he asks, that we all ask, following the Torah of the Rebbe, it's a question that should be asked. You know, there are certain questions that should not be asked. Moshe Rabbeinu asked a question, even though God, let's say, reprimanded him, he's not a, a, a Jew that's not a tzaddik who made a mistake, and we all make mistakes. So then if someone makes a mistake and God tells him he made a mistake, then we should learn what not to do. The Rebbe's approach regarding tzaddikim, Moshe Rabbeinu, is that even when Hashem um, so to say, reprimanded. Really, we'll see it's not exactly that. The fact that the Torah records the words he said, those are words that should be said. And these are our words. So what happened? We're suffering beyond comprehension. Beyond, it was 80 plus years of suffering. And God comes to Moshe. And when Moshe undertakes the role With all of his heart, with courage, he went to Paroi. He told Paroi what happened was that not only did it not get better, it got worse. In other words, doing what God wants appeared, not appeared because we're delusional. You know, from the way we look at things, things got worse. And it got really worse. And uh, by Yos, thank God it's not that way. I'm not minimizing people's tzadahs. They were talking about people got killed because of it. It got worse in Golos Mitzrayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem what's going on. He tells him why? Why are you making it bad for the people? From when I came to Paray, not only did you not save them, you made it worse. Okay. And the parasha opens up with a statement of God. And God's words, Vaidabar Elohim, Elohim tells Moshe that I appeared to and Yitzhak and Yaakov using a certain godly name, Kael and Shakai. The name Hashem I never used. And he goes on, then he goes on, I'm going to save them, I'm going to help them, I'm going to redeem them. Where is God's answer to Moshe? Rashi says we should learn Chumash Rashi, reprimand. That Avram Avinu, he was hinting to him. There were so many things that I told Avram Avinu, and when he followed what I said, like I told him to go to Israel. When he went to Israel, what happened to him? There was a hunger. You would die in Israel. He never came and asked me, God, I did what you told me to do. Not only did you not make it better for me, you made it worse for me. He did not say that. And then God tells him, What a pity is it that the ones who are already gone, I can't find them anymore. He like reprimanded him. Like, I miss Avraham and Yitzchak Yaakov. They didn't come to me with these types of challenges. And you... Okay, that's... It's like a reprimand. Like, why are, you, why are you asking? Or it's not legitimate to ask. And again, the Rebbe, I'm going this based on the Rebbe's approach, that if the Torah recorded that Moshe Rabbeinu asks... That's because we have to ask. The Rebbe really holds that part of the coming of Mashiach is us telling God that what you are doing is not fear. We have to be very, not to me, not to me, to the Jewish people. And we have to say we want Mashiach now. When the Rebbe came out with that, people were very uncomfortable with that. Okay, so, that, so let, let's just, that's my intro to the story. Now, the story is very significant very much connected to the Parsha. You might have heard the story, it's still a beautiful story. And that is, is that in the Chabad culture, the expectation from a Chassid, from the Rebbe, was not that the Rebbe should perform miracles. That was not an expectation. It doesn't mean that we didn't ask for help and we were hoping for. The greatness of the Rebbe was not measured by the miracles that he performed. When Hasidim gathered in the olden years, nothing wrong that it changed. We are on a different level. dafke only in the Chabad world, did not speak about the miracles that the Rebbe did. And in other Hasidic groups, a big part of the Hasid-Rebbe connection was the moifsim, Mofes. Moifz means, wow, the miracles. That was a big part of it. And everyone knew that. And that began with the Alter Rebbe articulated this concept without getting it, I don't want to talk about it right now, but that's the bottom line is that we, we did not want to make our connection to the Rebbe reliant on the miracles that he performs, not, not only not for me, Bechlal, we're not looking in the Rebbe for a, mir, a miracle worker, yet, it's time this week's Parsha, part of the Exodus came through miracles. But we begin about the, the, the miracles. So the story is, is that there was a chassid by the name of Shmuel Gurari. You should know that Gurari, many people know. That. In LA, there's a, two Guraris I know of. I'm sure there are more. It's an old Chabad family. And they were, and they are, great scholars, somehow, and very wealthy. That's a phenomenon that's not common. That's called toira ugedula b'makimach. That's the way Frum Jews refer to it. Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the one who wrote the Mishnah was was great and he was also very wealthy. Normally they don't travel on the same track and the few people that have it, we say Torah Ugedula, Gedula means wealth bimakom echad. That's a Kiddush. And in the Chabad world, that's that family. Great Hasidim, great scholars, and they're blessed. And, And for generational, generations. There was a Jew by the name of Shmuel Gorari, who was the main supporter of the fifth Rebbe. The fifth Rebbe opened up a yeshiva. People have some understanding that when you go by doing what you're doing, which I'm sure costs money, whatever you're doing, if you have a non-for-profit, and on top of that you open up a yeshiva, there was no tuition then. There was no tuition then. You know what type of financial undertaking that was? Shmuel Ganari was the backbone of that yeshiva. I'm saying this is very rare that Jews were wealthy. Thank God, and after the war, after the Holocaust, it's more common and it should become more common But it was very few. And this Hasid was like he was the man of the Rebbe Rashab. And again, Eastern Europe, there were other Hasidic groups. Each one had their Gevir. And I think they did business together. Maybe until now, or when they traveled, they tried to travel together because, you know, who kept Shabbos, who kept kosher. So there's stories of Shmuel Gorari with two other names who I forgot, each one from another group, three Hasidim, the ones, the wealthy, holy Hasidim, that they used to, and they were fabrenging once on a business trip in an inn somewhere. And the two other non-chabad said, let's share, let's share miracle stories of the Rebbe. Each one and one guy had this amazing miracle story and the other one had an amazing miracle story and they both turned to Shmuel Ganadi and they told him that we know that in Chabad, it's not about the miracles, we get that. It's about learning, it's about Hasidus, it's about your own work, whatever the philosophy is. But, you know, you're, 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 you're the supporter of the Rebbe, Rashab, you're with him. We want to hear a miracle story. He says, I don't have, we don't have miracle stories. He says, you have to have a miracle story. So he says, I have a miracle story. <laughs> so they listen. So he tells them that in, that in that year, a couple of years ago, he was going to make a big business investment. And Oh Hassan asks the Rebbe, and the Rebbe gives a bracha. And the Rebbe at that time told me, don't invest it in A, invest it in B. I didn't think twice. I took all that money, which was a fortune, and I invested in MB. And they're listening to the story, and he says, Chevre, I lost all the money. The whole investment went south. Now they're waiting for the miracle, right? So they're holding by the edges, and they said, no. So he said, no, 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 no. That's the end of the story. So they tell him, so what's the miracle? He says, the miracle is that I remained exactly the same chasid. <laughs> so wait, so one second, hold the story. This story is deep, and I want to share even the way I have something deeper. Hmm. Because I want to think about Moishah Rabbeinu, what happened with actually
1: Rabbeinu.
0: Talui, the, <laughs> the same chasid. Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. Now one second. Another, another, another intro. A couple of introductions. Even though Hashem performed Many miracles, and we are familiar with the ten makot. Even few people who have the parsha last week in the head. For paroi, for paroi, the first miracle that Hashem told him to perform was a miracle. Is that Moshe Rabbeinu had a staff. And I know the games steal our stories, chutzpah. Should, we don't get credit, plagiarism. <laughs> Listen to this story, this is important. Mamush plagiarism. Moshe Abenu married Tzapaita, that's last week. It wasn't so simple, him marrying Tzapaita. Yisrael was a great man. He was a great man, he was wealthy. He was a big spiritual leader. The traitor calls him a koyan. Not that he was a coin to the right thing, but not to minimize, there was chachma, there was mistakes that he made in theologies. Yisrael was a big man, Moshe was a nomad, was a no one. People did not accept, a, refugees the way America does it. We, we, how did he marry Tzipoida? Not so simple. So one medrash says that, and these are unbelievable stories, that there were certain relics that Neuer took in the Teva with him from the world pre mabo And one of them was a staff. It was a magical staff. Normally staffs are circular should be a whole shit on this to find out different, and that staff was a square, not a square square. It was. Um, it was like a long. It was four-sided. a long four-sided staff, instead of, round. instead of round, and and it was made out of sapphire, mm. and it had in it engravings in the Hebrew tongue, and no one knew what they are. And it we'll
1: from
0: home. Wait, so the story is is that shame was the one that took it out of the table and shame inserted it in the ground, and it became affixed. This, mm-hmm. goyisher yesheh Mice. And when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Midian, after hundreds or thousands, after tha- the flood was in year, what, around 1600, so we're going Be'erach a thousand years later, a bit less, many hundreds of years, Moshe Rabbeinu came, he walked over to the staff, and he took it out of the ground.
1: And it's true that a lot of people tried to pull it and they couldn't.
0: They could not do it. It's like this guy, this, I don't know by who, by which, Baba like yeah, meiser Excalibur, no? Huh? Like the
1: story of Excalibur?
0: Yeah. That they took and from the, us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> now On that staff, amongst many other things, parenthetically, you had the engravings of the words this, the that's the,
1: by
0: the Seder, yeah. people ask a question, that why, you remember, we go through the 10 makas, then we say, Rabbi Yehuda, hayan noten behem simanim. so the joke that they taught me in Cheder was, what did he add by the simonim? Is that since there's a minute to spill the wine out, people were very poor, people were mamish poor, so Rabbi Yehuda had Rachmanus on us. instead of saying 10 different words, for every word he gotta pour some wine out, he gave three words, to save wine, that's what I was taught. Like, what is he giving? Adding by giving an abbreviation, right? That adash havas the ten markers. The real answer is, is that that was what was engraved on the staff.
1: Before the marker.
0: yes, it was engraved when God made the world. And anyway, then there, there was a lot of stuff. So he kept the staff. When once once they saw that he got the staff, that was a, that was a spiritual thing. Doesn't mean that Moshe Rabbeinu could have was a giant, could be he was literal, could be he was a gibber like Oig. could be, it was not a physical thing. he Yisrael recognized that this is someone unique and that was one of the reasons why he allowed Moshe to marry his daughter Tzipoida. But he, was, he
1: put him in prison before, no?
0: He put him in jail, according to one opinion, for seven years. Seven years, I think. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy stories. And Tzipoida, behind her father's back, brought him food. And there's a lot, there's a lot of Moshe and Tzipaita. This is called Mata Moshe. Mate Moshe. There was another staff, Mata Aran there's so much to talk about. Another, these are they're, they're mythical stories that are, that are not clear by me, I didn't read enough about it. There were two magical sticks, the stick of Moshe, the stick of Aran And if you follow proper, if you follow the narrative, the trader makes a point to write, who staff? And that gives an insight about the staff. The first miracle that happened, the first miracle that happened, did not happen with the staff of Moshe. It happened with the staff of Aaron. The first miracle with Paray. that Moshe went to Paray. that's in this week's parsh, not last week. He went to Paray before, but things got worse. And he tells the whatever the specific of what God told him. And God told Moshe to take the staff, staff of Aaron. Moshe took Aaron's staff and he dropped it. The staff turned into a snake. When he did it, Paré laughed at him, because one of the uh, basic initi- initiations in becoming a black magic uh, practitioner in Mitzrayim, like the first thing you have to learn, I can tell you that that I learned French in Brazil in Chedid, I learned French. So the, the, everyone, you begin, open up the window, like you begin a language in certain languages, everyone like a stupid word, you know that word, it means nothing. The first thing you needed to know to become a machashif, the first thing you learned was how to make a staff into a snake. Mm-hmm. So when Moshe Rabbeinu did it, Rashi, he laughed at him. He says, you're coming to a school of magic and you're performing class, grade one magic. Who, who are you trying to impress? Like it didn't even make sense for him to everyone. Knew. And Patek told all of the chavit around him they should throw the staff on the ground and all of their staffs became snakes. But what happened then was, Moshe took the staff back, came into a stick, and and they don't they did they not know how to do that, they couldn't make it back into a stick. Not only that, Moshe Rabbeinu's stick mata Adan, swallowed all their snakes. The stick swallowed the snakes. That's what, Aaron staff. That's what I said, Aaron's staff, and, and, and Dafka Aaron's staff. I'll explain a little bit as how much time we have. That this could not have happened with Moshe Rabbeinu's staff, which was sapphire, just on Rabbeinu's staff. But is a much. manifestation of Chokhmah, pure Chachma sapphire. If you want to be, you want to get intuition Chokhmah. Now everyone is with the stones. I know this is an expensive one because the stones, the crystals are cheap. Sapphire. The Luch is with sapphire. That no one debates. Sapphire blue. Sapphire is Chokhmah. If you want to Chochmah is non, beyond intelligence, the deepest level of intuition and of prophecy and of Ruach Hakodesh. If you want to know what you don't know, you have to be, and sapphire. No, sapphire cannot become a snake. The Altarev explains it. Aaron's staff represents Malchus. And, 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 and we'll explain in a moment. And the staff turned into a serpent. Rabbi, don't,
1: don't, don't sit right with me because when Moshe was in a snake, and he, Hashem told him to throw his staff, and he did turn into a snake. And Moshe ran away and he said, hold it by the tail.
0: You missed Rob. I spoke about it.
1: Last week, you weren't we in my class.
0: No, but last week, partial. Last week in my, my uh, class. No. Not this. This is, like, read the words, just to know. Mata Aran. What does it say? It says Klimata Aaron. There's a lot, there's so much of no, no, it.
1: I know. Name.
0: Not by this now. That was not. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yes. Name.
1: No, yes. Not, not here. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll leave that to last week. Now we'll leave this week. But it
1: was still a sapphire. I'll
0: explain. Al I'll Tareb explains. There's a mime just on this. I'll explain some of it. But one second. So first of all, there was a miracles. There were miracles. This was the first miracle. In Chabad, we don't celebrate miracles. We don't make a big thing of. But we don't place miracles in its wrong place. It seems like in the Pasha, miracles took a very prominent role. The miracles, the makas, is like how did we leave Mitzrayim because of the miracles. And how many times did God tell Moshe Rabbeinu, perform miracles? And Padi's heart will be hard in order for me to perform miracles amongst them. The trader uses miracles, 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 and wonders, miracles, and wonders. What miracles and wonders? And the Al Terebe has a big chidashantani. And you can learn this, I and mean, we learn this. People don't appreciate this enough. Let's go with the premise that we have within us a godly soul and an animal soul. We are very, the connection to the godly soul by us is not direct. It's not poshut. Don't think about two souls, one here and one there. The godly soul connects to the animal soul and it all connects to us. Like the babushka. We have to work through certain things to get to the godly. People that circumvent the animal to get to the godly are distorted. There's a distortion there, which is what most people do. Who needs the miracle? The godly soul or the animal
1: soul?
0: The animal soul. Not those the writes like this. He says that later, after the story of the spies, when we, for a moment, we lost our faith, whether it was faith in God, whether it was faith in ourselves, we Mamash, said that we will not be able to do what God says. And it's, don't judge them, conquering Canaan was facing the impossible dilemma. Right now, before Mashiach, Israel is facing an impossible dilemma. Phew, like impossible. For some reason, before redemption, there's impossible dilemmas, and every person also, there's even a psychological term, your impossible dilemma, and it's important to get there. All the other dilemmas that people think they have are just clippers. Someone is trying to guide you to see there is gonna be a dilemma in everyone's life, which is mamish impossible. That's where all life comes from, from your impossible dilemma. Redemption comes from there. What was the impossible dilemma? It was impossible to conquer Canaan. The numbers of Jews, the koyach of the people that lived there, there were giants over there, they lived in open cities, they were not even afraid, that means that they had a lot of courage. It was not possible. It was not possible. Now, it doesn't mean that people never do the impossible. We knew that. But the way Hasidus explains the the behind of the thinking, what was behind their thinking, they understood the whole going into Israel is that God said enough of miracles. Miracles was in the desert. There was man, there was miracles. God is telling people, I did not create this world to run on a different system. You have to plug into the natural system. Natural system, we cannot win the land. We couldn't. And we said to Moshe, "We we cannot enter.
1: Just
0: like today in Israel. Mommy, Mommy, how is it? And what did God say in that? So God told us, you're not going to enter. The generation that feels that lost belief will not enter. The next generation will enter Israel. What happened after Moshe Rabbeinu told it to us? It's just a couple of lines in the Chumash. The Jewish people told Moshe Rabbeinu, no, we're, we're, we want to go. We're going. And Moshe Rabbeinu told them too late. Like, there was no tshuva here. Moshe Rabbeinu told them, "Don't go up. God is not amongst us." They went. They had so much belief that they went, and they got killed in the battle.
1: And they took
0: their own kodesh I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they took. I don't know. I don't. Could be. I don't remember that. I it would be difficult. But if you read it somewhere, then okay. So the Al is asking that when people have a question in faith, you would think that how do you win them over? Make a miracle. You make a miracle, who now I see. Seeing is believing. Now I see the hand of God. Wow, look at what God did. And that's what happened in Egypt. In Egypt, God made miracles and miracles until finally Padre gave in. I'm going to do what God says because of miracles and wonders. Not, not one miracle. All Moshe Rabbeinu told him was, you don't believe, you're not going in. How did they go to, from not believing to believing? Tanya paidik hoftez. And that's where the al Rebbe says this big yesoit. I know it sounds simple, but it's such a good thing to realize. Miracles are only needed, they're needed for the animal, for the human. Miracles are not necessary, they're superfluous. And they're not helpful for the godly. The godly soul has faith. The best way to describe faith is the way the Altarebbe himself writes, Lomashel, when you see something with your physical eyes, you see the table, you know there's a table. And even if someone is gonna come later and they're gonna give you a thousand reasons why there could not have been a table here, and their reasons will make sense, You. You're gonna say, you're right, I don't have an answer to your question. I just know this is the way, this is, this is it. The neshama sees Hashem, whatever that means. Even though God is not seeable the way we think, it sees God, it knows God, it doesn't understand. You can have a million questions. It doesn't have to have the answers. The brain wants to have the answers. It has nothing to do with faith. Faith is some sort of certainty. I know the emes. The ultimate truth is God, I know God. It mamish sees God, the neshama, the godly soul. Once, you are, you, once you're not with the godly soul, this does not exist. The animal soul doesn't see God that way. The human mind does not see God that way at all. So
1: how does our neshama oh,
0: see it? I don't know, but it, it's a fact. I
1: know, it's a no, fact. So, totally so, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. When we say that Jews, only Jews, are maminen b'nei maminen. Maminen b'nei maminen means that there is some, the neshama, now I don't ha- always have access to my soul, to my godly soul. My nishama has pure faith. Shalema. An It doesn't mean that I am always in touch with my godly soul, many times I'm not. When I'm not in touch with my godly soul, or when I'm being in touch with my godly soul through the animal, through the human, through the humanness and the person, which is the way God wants it. Then there's many filters. Over there is where there could be doubt, especially if there are good questions. Especially if what God is doing doesn't make sense. Should not be the way it is. It almost, it's like, it can't be. Can't be, that's what Moshe Rebbein told God, impossible. Can't be, I did exactly what you told me, and more Jews are dying. It can't be, but it was. That statement that something doesn't make sense, like mamish doesn't make sense, that statement is not a statement that is demanding an answer. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we say those words wanting an answer. This is more like a statement of fact. The statement of fact is that there are certain times that Hashem is manifesting in a way that it makes no sense. 100%. But it doesn't move our amuna one ayoda. The emunah remains the same. 100%. It
1: makes no sense because it's not
0: convenient for me? Because, or... because it's not but... convenient for God. Oh. Because it's a khilol Hashem for God, that when God says, do this and that, and you do this and that, and everything turns the opposite. I don't even care why it doesn't make sense. When a person is connected to this level of their neshama, that statement never gets answered. It becomes a statement. But when a person is not directly connected to their neshama, when they're going through the human filter connected to their neshama, then questions challenge your faith. When a person says, "I am challenged," I have a challenge with my Yamuna. These are emissaric words, but just to define it, like a doctor, what does it mean? I have a challenge with my faith. Somewhere deep, 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 deep down, I know I have faith, but I can't. I'm not that. Connect, I'm not plugged into my godly soul. It's not me. Am I, It's me plugged into my midois Plugged into my intelligence. Plugged into my tzelam Plugged into the animal souls midois to the animal souls intelligence. I'm so far removed, I'm connected, but so indirectly that during that path, passageway, there are, there are obstructions. There's obstructions. There are certain questions that if they're not answered, we get st- stuck. We need an answer. I need to understand. Many people say, I need to understand. And if not, I feel stuck. Doesn't mean that they can't go through the mechanical motions, they could, but they, yeah. they, at that moment, they don't feel faith. They feel darkness, they feel pain, they feel questions, they feel the biggest darkness. Who was that person that said, it was such a very strong statement, that by Rav by when was it two years ago? By this, when people got crushed to death, so you have this father, I think he lost two children. Some, and he gets up and he says that he's asking of God one thing. You took away one son, you took away another, don't take away my faith. He was afraid that he's going to lose faith. He says that I can't, I can't lose my faith. I don't want to lose my faith. He was, an a. He, was a, he was asking God, imagine, don't take away my faith because if you use your mind, it takes away your faith.
1: Is he saying don't test me
0: again? No, he's saying that I want to feel the same emunah I had with you before. He's asking God that this tragedy, it didn't happen in Tigbanctu, it happened in the holiest place in the world, it happened on the holiest day of the world, that this is a challenge. How do you, how do you make sense of it? It doesn't make sense. So the Alt-Rebbe says, Gavaldi, that when Yidin, when they lost their faith, they felt we can't conquer Israel. At that time, at that time, all they needed, all they needed was to be reprimanded. When you're reprimanded, you become humbled. And once you become humbled, the obstruction of the animal soul is not strong enough to block you from your faith, and their faith came back with mail. Yeah, you're not going into Israel. That's a reprimand, that's a consequence. He didn't prove to them that they can conquer the land. He didn't perform a miracle. You see, I can take water out of this, like he did other times. Isaraya, God can do anything. He didn't even talk about God's capacity of doing anything, he simply humbled them punishment as humbling them. Once they were humbled at that moment, the amuna that they always had came out. And all of a sudden they experienced, we believe we can do it.
1: So, so one second. The
0: for the Jews at that time you didn't need anything other than humbling the animal soul. Let, let me just finish the thought. So writes the Altarebbe that miracles and wonders are only needed for the animal soul. This is a very good principle. The wow, wow, the godly soul doesn't need it, and the wow is weaker than the emuna that it already has. It's a downgrade. Baklaal, the wow of a miracle. Think about real miracles. Think about the sea splitting. Think about you going here to the Santa Monica Pier, and God opens up a path for you. I'm talking about such a miracle. That wow, which is taka wow, we're talking about it for 3,300 years. The don't understand why we didn't get over it already. Because it was wow, like, like wow, it was govaldick. It wasn't the way they say, they opened on 13 passageways, it wasn't a physical thing, it was wow. The, the Altarebbe argues that the emuna that the neshama has in Hashem, is stronger than the wow of the biggest miracle in the world. The wow is only for the, for the animal, not for, the, not for God. The godly soul doesn't need a miracle. It's downgrade. The knowledge that it has in God, the connection that it has in God, the cleaving that it has in God, the certainty that it has in God, God. because it is God, is so powerful that more than the wow, it doesn't need that. The neshama doesn't need miracles. But
1: we need
0: a Paroi, paroi, one second. We need miracles because we're not neshama. There's a body and there's an animal. The, 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 what we the opposite of a neshama, Evil. Pari. Pari <coughs> was going to be broken only by miracles. The miracles got to him. He, need, he needed miracles. The goal with Pari then was for Pari to acknowledge God. The goal of the miracles then was not to kill Pari. For killing Pari you didn't need a miracle, and even if you needed, you could have done it one miracle and killed him. God could have made it that all Egyptians died. You know, we have such a story. The whole army of Sanhedrin that surrounded Yerushalayim, they were dead the next morning. I'm saying, God could have made the, us leaving. The next morning, all of the Egyptians are not amongst the living. Oneness. No, the point there is that they needed to see, they needed to be wowed into believing in God. But when you are wowed into believing God, the way it works is, is that the wowing is to take away some obstacle, some human part, the animal soul, the belief in God can never be superimposed on you. A miracle will never make you believe in God. Nothing can make you believe. It's like, either I see the table or I don't see the table. Mamish, No miracle. If I see it, I see it. If I don't see it, then I can hear it. I can feel it. I can touch it. What emunah is, emunah is the soul is seeing the truth. Either it sees the truth or it doesn't see the truth. Whatever it sees, it believes in Nothing has to make it. It just sees it. The challenge that we have is that we're not so connected with the neshama. A tzaddik, whose mom is connected to the neshama, the tzaddik believes.
1: How do we do
0: that? The Rebbe wrote a letter to the previous Rebbe in the 1930s that Rebbe says that it's time that in Chabad we start making miracles. The hour it ever wrote it. Because the Rebbe felt that after, this is pre-Holocaust, that there's so many years on God with so much tzaddis, that the obstacle of the animal soul and the questions are so unbearable that we cannot expect a Jew to have a muna without first a miracle helping the animal to be wowed. So we're, first of all, just to make it clear, I'm saying this, we're not against miracles. And whoever needs a miracle, Hashem should give you a miracle.
1: Amen.
0: Okay, make it clear. But the, I'm speak, we're speaking theoretically, the way it works. This is a very gewaldike insight. And then the Alter Rebbe says something even deeper. He says, why was the first miracle the snake into a serpent? He says, beautiful, that you're trying to show God through a miracle so just make the house flying to the air. How would that show God? You're not trying to show that there is a power that you don't understand. No, no, no. That how is there even an animal? How is there even klipa? How, how does that even happen? So there's God. In the beginning of creation, in the beginning, everything that God made was so aware of God And therefore, so in tune with God, so um, subservient to God, subservient to God, everything was like your walking staff. It's a good muscle. The walking staff and you, when you go on a walk, right? The walking staff doesn't want to go on that hike and you want to go on this hike. It doesn't work that way. You're not fighting with your staff. The walking staff is a tool that's here to be in your service, helping you get from here to there. Mamish, it's like a Merkava. A staff is here to serve you. My staff. A staff does not have any desire of its own. A snake, a snake, it's its own thing. The stake is not straight. It's already crooked, represents not yashar. Something that's not, snake has its own agenda, has its own desire. When a yid, let's go to us. The story is written for us primarily. When a Jew identifies the snake within, the part in me that's no longer bottled to God, no longer has its own life force. It's not like Shloima Hamelach says that I created man straight. <speaking in Hebrew> no, no, no. Yasher. When a yid does tshuva the animal itself goes back to being a stick. When a Jew does tshuva, even the lower part of man becomes bottle so much to the godly that we here, not we in Ganadin, we can experience faith again. We can get our faith back. I reclaim my faith. Not I reclaim my faith because I'm ignoring my animal, but when a person does real tshuva, the animal itself becomes the stick al says that the miracle that Moisha was showing Padre wasn't the stick becoming the staff. That wasn't the point. And indeed, Pari says, you're coming to do that? We well, you know how to do that. Right. A stick into a staff represents. There was a wealthy guy in Brazil, this thought came to me, a very a big Balzadaka. He used to be a very simple Jew, a Holocaust survivory, Mamish, a billionaire. His name was Samuel Klein. He had that episode 800 stores when he passed away. Big, called Kazas Bahia. So he says that everyone knows how to make from something into nothing. So about got gelt. He says, I know how to make from nothing into something. See, that's the Chochmah. He says, you're he observing. In other words, everyone knows how to make from a staff into the oh, snake. <laughs> Every, a staff, a staff into a snake. And a staff into a snake. Mom, and yeah. the staff into the means that God makes us so pure. Mamish. When we're born, we're mamish pure, and and because of little, little, tiny mistakes or da 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 da, all of a sudden we become a snake. And that's What Pari told Moshe Rabbeinu, you're coming to show me. We all, yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu was showing Pari a that we we know how to make from a snake back into a staff. Through tshuva. Through tshuva. Through acknowledging that it's all in the hands of God. That it's all in the hand. it. Well, it's miracles, everything is in the hands of God, but Dafka, the snake, what the snake represents is that the snake can become a stick. The snake, can be a
1: merkava.
0: the snake, but it has to become a stick again. The snake can do tshuva. The snake can become a stick, not kill the snake, not get rid of the snake, not make, yeah. the tr- bring it back. You can bring it back.
1: So that you can bring back to the two ways that you were talking about, reprimanding and miracles.
0: So for a more lofty Jew, Reprimanding is enough. Look, look at the paradox. Scenario?
1: Is that what
0: it is? It could be, not, not for sure. And for a paroi, reprimanding wouldn't work. So, what does paroi get? A miracle. a miracle. See how the system, the holier you are, the less miracles you're getting. That's already, you know, you at least get an insight. <laughs> so, a, big, a yid gets reprimanded. The goal, is, the goal is for people to come to touch that part of the neshama. Once you get there, that's the goal. Then you have a moon already. How do you get there? For a potty, you need to have a a nest. I want to be careful with what I'm saying because Chabad Hasidim say these words and that should not be taken as an insult to other Hasidic groups that celebrate miracles. And again, the Rebbe wrote a letter and there's a back and forth and the Fidik Rebbe told him that he, no, we have to keep the tradition. We, the Rebbe's Hasidim say, that's why the Rebbe made so many miracles. The Rebbe held that we can get miracles it's fine to get miracles instead of getting reprimand get a miracle but it's both they both have the same cup the kavanah is that the more a person sees how what seems to be out of control is Mamush and god's control for the good god's control for the good when something there's a bigger power here that we normally don't see and, and it moves something in a miraculous way for the good you know oh god is the boss god is running the world when if God is running the world, when I experience God is running the world, my godly soul did not need that. Knows it. The animal soul who becomes impressed like shock therapy. Shock therapy is not meant to be uh, to be shock, used forever. Which shock the good old shock therapy from the, our generation. Not today. The chachamim ha-ha, understand it's not good. We come from the generation, right? How did they they, they shocked the heck out of you? No, didn't they do that? They, they did it. Like yeah, so they you know, shocked you. They shocked you to make you better. But well, I just give brain damage and stuff. Yeah, for sure. What you but I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm you not going to, I'm not Yeah. 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 Still,
1: today Still today, Rabbi.
0: Still today they do it. My
1: husband has a practice and does it and it helps people all the time. Okay, so that's different
0: then. ECT. No, it's not different. The
1: ECT. Electric shock. Electric, thank it, you. Uh, your brain? Huh? Catch your brain. Yes. And they ask, catch electrodes
0: and they but shock I'm sure it, and it's not the intensity. I'm, I'm, I, no, no. Then no, today, today we got good They're that it not, does. It doesn't make the body shake. shake. It yeah. doesn't scare the people. It probably does an even better job. It does better shocking. I'm not going to go. I'm not a doctor. I know that it's called shock therapy. A, a mess?
1: And my husband say that it's Gavaldi. No That can help people like shock therapy. Like shock therapy, people who are on the verge of death. Nothing helped them. Depression, medication. They do it and it's like a miracle. A miracle
0: That's what my teachers told me when they beat me. You see? They had the same philosophy.
1: But people are not suffering uh, that could
0: now. Huh? Maybe I would have turned out better. I don't know, you look back, I don't know. Maybe they ruined it. Maybe they ruined me. (laughs) Okay. The point is like this. The point is that, that a nest—that's a good muscle. A, a miracle is shock therapy. Shock therapy, and I—you can—I can be confirmed. That can be corrected. I'm not a doctor. Is dafka not something for long? Shock—you don't live your whole life getting shock therapies. Shock therapy is that when you're so far lost, you bring you back. Once you get back, to stop shocking the person. That's. Same to very good marshal. So you, so when you have to do it, they're dying. But you don't go every day, I'm gonna paddle my heart. Every half hour, I need my paddle. It's not a good thing. And that explains, the Altareb explains why the type of miracles that we happened earlier on, you don't have anymore. Because shock therapy is only in the beginning. Pari, Mitzrayim was so far away. They so lost connection to God. They had this. They had this whole other religions and the whole belief system, and they tapped into Koichas Atuma, and they also. They were so far away from God. They needed to be shocked back into reality. That's what a miracle did. Once you're shocked back into reality, if anything, you need a reprimand. You have to have a divrei divrei which is what Moshe Rabbeinu did to Yiddin in the desert. You lost your faith. You're staying here. By the way, it was a reprimand. Living in the desert was ganeden. So. It was, it was a reprimand because we hopped that God wants us to be in Israel. So it was a reprimand because we were being told that we don't get to fulfill God's purpose. And that's the worst reprimand. It wasn't reprimand hurt. The desert was, was beautiful and there was water and there was food and there was Torah and there was friendship. Saying, God, li- living in the desert was, we can't even imagine how great it was. It was taka like living in Gan Eden. But we understood that there's a higher purpose and we were told you don't get to do the higher purpose, which is the biggest reprimand. And the moment we got reprimanded, we right away said, we believe. And coming back to other Hasidim, that's why we, we are not sadikim, we're not angels, we're human beings. When we get a miracle, when we get a miracle, it, it shocks the animal soul. It says animal, what, this is God is true. Look, it allows the animal to see God. So it gets shaken up and that, but the goal is for the godly to come forth through the animal. And when we touch that, the faith that we have then lives forever versus the faith of a miracle. And you can know that when people have miracles, it's very common that after a short while, they deny the miracle because a miracle is so unbelievable or they start to rationalize it. You can't hold on to it, it doesn't make sense. Maybe, like, even these miracles. They go, ah, there was a wind, there was an earthquake. They can't swallow the miracles of the Torah. And in person, how many people tell you what happened was a miracle? And then they say, maybe it wasn't such a miracle. Or they
1: forget about it.
0: They have to forget about it because that's the nature of miracles. They you don't belong rationalize here. it. Because you can't rationalize you lose it. It's weak. And it doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't fit anywhere.
0: It doesn't fit anywhere. It doesn't matter. So all
1: these people that got miracles that were saved from the, from the party on October seventh. A lot of them are talking about a lot and a lot of them are suddenly
0: became religious and you know he was a and all that. So what 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 the ideal would be, the ideal would be is that the miracle shocked the animal soul, allowing the godly soul to come out. And once the godly soul comes out, part of that is some knowing that the mitzvah is a truth that I have to be in touch with. It's, it's not a rational knowing, I know that. And if that is what these people experience, it's gonna live long. If it's just a wow miracle doing a mitzvah, then history has shown it it will wear off. It will wear off. Or if people are doing it in order to be saved, once they feel saved, then they don't need it anymore. I'm doing it, and all of that goes back to the beginning of the Pasha. I want to get back to that, that Moshe Rabbeinu, you see like this, there, there, is, there is different, when God is appearing, so you say, do you, do the soul sees God. Let me go into that. What do you think that looks like? You see
1: yourself, no? You see the God in yourself.
0: Let's let's use the word God and whatever I'm saying is going to what you're saying in yourself.
1: Mitzvah, that's what it looks
0: like. So like these are the words. There was a certain part, even though God has no part, so none of this should be taken literally. The godliness of Mamali Kol Alman is something that the Neshama can see. C see, see. And, 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 and 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 it's appealing. There is some higher level of godliness that even when you see it, it remains beyond you. The level of godliness that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov saw vayera elov Hashem was a level of godliness that when the neshama sees it, it, it's relatable, it's something beautiful, it's something wise, something just. I'm, I'm going through the Sphiris. And it and it causes a reaction of Ahava and of Yira, which is what Avrama and Yitzchak and Yaakov represent. They represent different emotional connections to God that was so pure and powerful as a reaction of them knowing God. There is a level of God that the neshama can also see when God gave the Torah. That even when it sees it, it's so beyond, it's, it doesn't appear to be wise. It doesn't appear to be good. It's God, but it's no definition. And that does not allow for any reaction other than I know the truth. What is the truth? I can't I can't explain it to you. Here are the words. When the lower level of godliness, the light of Mamalik Alama, manifests in the world, what happens is amazing things, good things. What happened in Egypt, good things, we were saved. We were given food, we were given water, we were given wisdom. What we call a good miracle. When the higher level of godliness manifests, it won't necessarily look good to us. Many times, it's going to look very cruel to us or very bad to us. Is that what's happening now? i seeing words. Al Abba says, when God, 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 came came in the name of God, it means God was manifesting. God was appearing, and what appeared in the beginning, horrible things. Jews got were getting killed. I forgot the Medrashim. Much worse. Now, once once you once people got set in the concentration camp, there's a certain routine. Even though random, every day someone got killed, there was a certain sense of safety. Once Moshe began to, sh- to move the boat, to shift everything, that's what happened last week. Things got horrible. He gave us the same quarter. He did not give us the bricks. People were getting killed. Babies were getting put into the walls. Like What happened on October 7th was happening every day. Every day. So Moshe Rabbeinu was telling God, what are you doing? So what did God tell him? Al explains to understand what he was telling him is Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. This, this one loved God. This one was in awe of God. This one was that with God. They they saw when they were alive, what, what was manifest in the world was keel shakai, was a level of godliness that whenever it manifests, we can understand it. Now in our understanding, we have our understanding of good and of bad and of pleasure and of pain. So Faketa, miracle meant good. Pain meant God is not here. Miracle, God appeared. Right? He was thrown into the furnace of fire and God appeared. What happened? He did not get burnt. Wow. That sounds to us like the types of miracles we want. What was about to be revealed when the Torah was given was something so high that it, it doesn't fit into any of the definitions that we know of. So when it reveals itself, it could reveal itself in a way where Moshe Rabbeinu was telling God, I came, I did what you said, and things became horrible. There is, there is the the outer level of godliness, which we can call goodness. Who has that expression? God is good. That's a MS on an external level. It's an emes. And there is a deeper level that God is truth. Not my truth, not your truth, God's truth. And the neshama can even see God's truth. And when the neshama sees God's truth, it has faith, but it will not understand what's happening. So God wasn't reprimanding Moshe; He was telling him just the way things are that when Yudkei Vovke becomes revealed, when the highest level of godliness becomes, what will happen are events that are beyond our comprehension, beyond. If it fits into our comprehension, that's coming from a lower level of godliness. And we also want that. And when that becomes revealed, you love God like Avram, you have respect to God, you have Rachamim, and whenever a greater level of godliness is about to come into the world, the first reaction is, this is horrible. And we can definitely say, that's, what, that's what's happening. You look in the past hundred years for the Jewish people. mamush. Now we are facing an impossible. Now it's already Impossible. They have our hostages. We can't get rid of them. 93 days, 94 days. We have to fight in the north. We have to fight in the north. The fighting in the north, they're a thousand times stronger than Hamas. They have more underground tunnels. Now we know that we don't know. At least we know we don't know that we were sleeping. We know that. Who knows how far? Maybe they have things under Tevedi already. We don't know where they went. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Look what these guys built. If they built 500 miles, what you think they didn't build, they built maybe under the, Maybe they already are by Yerushalayim. You don't know, I'm saying, and and, what we can't, like, like, it's impossible. It's impossible. And at the same time, Jews have a Muna. Like, that's a paradox. Not, you lose a Muna, now a Muna is coming up. Because there's no other way to deal with this other than just having a Muna. And that's not a cop out, that's the only way, because the higher levels of God manifesting never make sense. And, and 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 if and if getting the Torah on Sinai, we needed eighty years. Getting the Torah of Mashiach, we're waiting a few thousand years. And most of them were tremendous mm-hmm. difficulties, tremendous difficulties, not to understand that. But all of that is the beginning of the manifestation of the highest level of Hashem. So it's our job to
1: ask for it.
0: And, and the Rebbe always would conclude, and we should learn from Moshe Rabbeinu that when God is manifesting in a way that it doesn't feel right, our responsibility is to tell God, this is not right. This is not right. And what happened after Moshe Rabbeinu said that? Then, then that same revelation then began to feel great. Same havaya because Moshe Rabbeinu said. So we, that's our part. To tell God, we believe it's you. What's happening now is God. It's all God. There's nothing independent. The snake has to become a stick. We are all God's stick. We are God's stick. Mamish, not separate. What is God doing? I don't understand. And I'm asking you, God, that since it's you, and you're almighty, so, come down in a way where I feel good. Not that I feel the sufferings of these Yidden that are there, 136 Jews in cages. Who knows what they're doing with them? Who knows what's going on with them? They're like They represent all the Jewish people. Pare didn't do this. Pare did not do that. To be underground, confined like that. So
1: that's why Rabbi he, He's asking.
0: Always. That the Rebbe always used to say that when we ask God, we should ask God for revealed goodness. But the point of the Alter Rebbe is, is that if, if it's coming from a lower level of godliness, it will automatically be good. No. So if it's
1: very bad, that means it's from a higher...
0: That's what we say. At least let's give some words to understand that. We say that the whole time. That the very bad is coming from a higher source, but we don't want very bad. But we want a higher source. So that's what we're asking. We want, we want you. We want the real truth. But why can't you manifest your real truth in a way that to us it's understood to be you and not in a way where to us it looks like you're missing. You're missing in action. That's our, that's our prayer. Shem should help that this should be Moshiach. Listen, every parsha. Something big should Amazing happen this week. Yeah. So everything that's happening. Yeah, and Yet Smith Slime, Yet Smash, seven, seven markets happen this week. Let's go see what.